0: blog talk radio hello and welcome to live natural live well this is your host Heather Lounsbury thank you so much for joining me today in just a moment I'll be bringing on Victoria Moran of Main Street Vegan Academy and several books and her latest is the Main Street Vegan Academy cookbook which I highly recommend before I bring her on, though, I'll give you a little introduction to me just in case you've never listened to my show before. I'm Heather Lounsbury, Doc Heather. I'm the author of Six Your Mood with Food. I'm a doctor of Chinese medicine, nutritionist, and longtime vegan. Um, I'm passionate about health and I'd love to help you, and I hope my shows do that. But if you are interested, I offer phone consultations anywhere in the world. So if you want help getting healthier, want help going plant based, or just want to eat better, please contact my office through my website at live live com And I'm going to go ahead and bring on Victoria. Hi, Victoria.
1: Hey, good morning. Well, it's morning for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, it is. How is it cold there?
1: It is. We have snow. It's all very quaint and charming.
0: Oh, nice. Lovely. Well, it's chilly for us here, too. It's about 60 degrees in the south of France.
1: (laughs) my heart goes out.
0: (laughs) For me. Um, So I would love for you to start off by sharing with my listeners a little bit about your story and how you got to be this passionate vegan advocate and lover of food.
1: Ah, well, that's a very interesting phrase because... I think that I was a lover of food in a very negative way um, early in my life in fact I know that I was but in a way I didn't love food I kind of used food I ate for a fix I was a binge eater Uh, and I also loved animals and I was also very interested in spirituality and wanting to find the meaning of life so uh, a complicated young person as uh, many of us are um I heard about vegetarianism very young and I thought that was fascinating but I certainly didn't think it was anything I would ever do and then in um, my teens I started studying yoga and that implication was if you're going to be serious about yoga you have to practice ahimsa you have to practice harmlessness and reverence for life and you have to stop eating animals so that And by the time I was 19, I was vegetarian, but I was still a binge eater. So when I heard about veganism, which for people who are unclear, vegetarian means you don't eat animals or fishes, uh, and and vegan is that you also don't eat any animal products, so no eggs, no no dairy, um, for various reasons, ethical and health. We can get into some of those, but the ethical reasons really spoke to me, and I wanted to be a vegan, but it's really hard to stand in the 7 in the middle of the night trying to get a stash for an eating binge and not have, you know, egg albumin and whey in <laughs> some of that junk yeah. food. So um, it took me several years to get from vegetarian to vegan what changed for me was um, recovery from the inside out for my eating disorder through a 12-step program and um, knowing that once I had freedom of choice about what I would eat of course I'd choose vegan because to me it, it's absolutely the penultimate It, it it's it brings together spiritual sensibilities, um, good sense about health, and certainly we know now a a serious way to care for the earth and and stem global warming. There's just nothing wrong with it.
0: No, absolutely. That was uh, well put, succinct. Um, And I, I didn't realize it took you a while Go from vegetarian to vegan because it was the same for me. I was I was a t- vegetarian for over 20 years before I finally committed to being full full on vegan. And I like I like to hear when I'm not alone because a part of me feels really wimpy that it took me so long. But uh, well, it's a very in our own time. Yes, true.
1: And nowadays, young people who hear about this go straight to vegan, and I'm thrilled. In in my case, and I think in a lot of our cases. There seemed to be a very big difference between vegetarian and vegan. The analogy that I have used is that being vegetarian is like being Mennonite. And Mennonites are very religious. And uh, some of them wear little bonnets, you know, so that you know that they're Mennonite. But they drive cars and have electricity and hold down jobs. And, And so if you, say, work with a Mennonite, you know, wow, that person is really religious, but they're just another person like me working here at the company. However, as part of that whole kind of Mennonite tradition, there are the Amish. And we know that the Amish are living in many ways like it was 200 years ago, uh, riding in buggies, no cars, no electricity, and, and making modern changes very, very, very slowly. So I think, okay, being vegetarian, that's like being Mennonite. You're a little different. (laughs) But being vegan (laughs) is kind of like being Amish. And I really got that when I married my husband. I was widowed young. I was um, single for 10 years. And then when I married William, and he had three children who ate conventionally, and I saw that I had really been living with my daughter in this kind of vegan bubble So if we'd been vegetarian, there would have been, you know, cheese pizza at party time. There would have been one birthday cake. But because of our being vegan, everything had to be, you know, more thought out. And, of course, now because there's great vegan cheese and I know how to, Make great vegan cakes, <laughs> I wish I didn't back then. <laughs> it probably would have been easier, but still, it's a big deal and and i and I think that people need to congratulate themselves for taking this step.
0: Amen, I like that. thank you. um I would love to talk a little bit. I know I want to focus on the book, of course, the latest book with you today, but I'd love for you to share a little bit about main street vegan academy and Ooh,
1: thank you. it's my favorite involved. subject. <laughs> <laughs> How
0: oh, people you,
1: you're
0: can, so uh, oh you're so
1: kind oh well okay. there's actually <laughs> a story um back in 2011 i had written a book proposal for my my 2012 book main street vegan now the publisher didn't like the word main street because she said it sounded like the tea party and Uh, Yet, I knew that was supposed to be the title, so I had a vegan miracle. My husband and I were walking up Broadway in New York City, and we saw somebody so famous that you could recognize him from the back, and that was Michael Moore. Now, he had liked one of my earlier books, a weight loss book called Fit From Within, so I gave my card to the woman who was with him, and a few seconds later I hear, Victoria, and there is Michael Moore following us up Broadway, and saying we need to talk, we need to talk about food. So we actually started doing that. We would have phone conversations. And one night I mentioned to him that I wanted to call my book Main Street Vegan. The publisher didn't like it. He said it's a perfect title, let me talk to them. So by some kind of of, – thing that is not supposed to happen in the real world this academy award winner talked to my editor and got me my title and once that was confirmed and once i knew that main street vegan was mine all these other ideas started popping up wow there ought to be a main street vegan radio show there ought to be main street vegan academy training and certifying vegan lifestyle coaches and educators and at the time I I had been writing self-help books. I I had some reputation in that world of um, spirituality and and well-being, but I hadn't really written anything specifically vegan since 1992. So I didn't have a huge reputation in the vegan world, but I did put out Main Street Vegan Academy. We're going to have the first class in May of uh, 2012, and people came 13 people <laughs> and we had the first <laughs> session and then it just it just caught on like wildfire and a couple of the people in that first class were total dynamos one was JL Fields who is, has now written a couple of cookbooks her her book The Vegan Air Fryer was um Veg News Magazine's 2017 cookbook of the year and then as each class happened people would get these amazing ideas and they would go out and and start businesses and and, and do incredible things. So basically what the Academy is is six magical days in New York City with very intense uh, lecture classes from amazing instructors. And I believe this is one of the reasons why I ended up in New York City because there is access here to so many incredible people. So we have a, a vegan platform and then we have uh, communication because once you know the principles you've got to get them across to people and then we have a business track so that people who really do want to be coaches or who have entrepreneurial intent uh, can get a little bit of help with that going and then we take field trips because New York is kind of like Disneyland for vegans so we go to lots of businesses and shops and restaurants and people get amazing information inspiration and camaraderie and then for those who want to stay connected um, we have a very strong alumni program with a private facebook group and reunions hither and thither and a, a master class program every couple of years for those who want to come back and go deeper so it's really magical we now have 299 graduates from 22 countries, and just to know that there are people in Switzerland and Australia and Panama and Tanzania all carrying the vegan message in their own way, and many of them making some money uh, doing it as well, just warms my heart.
0: Yeah, it must feel so good that you're inspiring all these vegan businesses and people to go vegan and... We feel well, really, it's really
1: great. Because I don't think I'm going to have any grandchildren, and yet I feel like, well, that's okay because I have 299. Uh- <laughs> And some of them are my own age, but it doesn't matter. They're still my grandchildren. So some of the businesses that our graduates have, uh, Riverdale Cheese, a beautiful little vegan fromagerie in um, Brooklyn is one of our graduates. Um, V Marks the Shop, a vegan convenience store in Philadelphia. Uh, Kat Mendenhall Cowboy Boots. She's based in Dallas. And, you know, in Dallas, you pretty much got to have some cowboy boots, and getting them vegan was really (laughs) difficult. And so they're not only vegan, but they're eco-friendly. They're made in Texas. Uh, You know, it's really – We have all these kinds of aspirations, you know, lots of us, we want to wear uh, clothing that is not only cruelty-free in terms of animals, but also where the workers are treated well and we don't want to support sweatshops and all these things. And so for people to start businesses that have these same values and make it easy for the rest of us to live up to our, our values, it's a real service in the world.
0: Yeah, it's, it's uh, what a blessing and thank you for, for doing that, inspiring so many people.
1: My pleasure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let's get on to the good stuff, the recipes and the new cookbook. Um yeah, one of your well, your
1: first
0: your first graduates is your co author.
1: Yes, yes, J.L. Fields and I um, did the Main Street Vegan Academy cookbook. We were very proud that it debuted last month on Amazon in the number one new release in vegetarian diets, which was really fun because we didn't know what that meant. And when we looked it up, it was all these Google pages about how you can manipulate the system and make your book be the number one new release. But we didn't manipulate anything. We didn't even know about it. And and it started that way just because there was some buzz. And, and a lot of our graduates and other people had pre ordered the book. So that was really nice. So we wanted to call this book A Coach in Your Kitchen, But the publisher said, no, we want to draw on the cachet of Main Street Vegan Academy. And we thought, we have cachet? Wow. But it really is a coach in your kitchen. Because what we wanted to do not only was provide over 100 amazing recipes, many of which are very, very simple for people who are new to vegan cooking or new to cooking altogether, but some others that are really sophisticated because some of our graduates are, are chefs. And, and very um, accomplished home cooks, and, and people like this, you know, they want recipes with a whole lot of ingredients and a whole lot of steps to come up with some kind of magnificent thing in the end. So we really run the gamut in terms of the recipes. And in addition, we have over 1,000 tips for going vegan, staying vegan, thriving vegan, in, in the culinary way but also socially, and, and all these ways, you know, it's it's a – step in life it's doing something somewhat different and so we really want to be there and provide what our coaches provide for their clients but we wanted to do it in a book
0: and i really i'd like that you have what what you call the coaching corner in the book because
1: yeah um
0: for people especially if they're new to eating plant-based like it can be feels very overwhelming so you give all these pointers like okay it's It's not going to be so hard now because I have all these tips and I understand better what it means to to eat this way and live this way.
1: Well, and I think sometimes anything that you've done for a while, it seems normal to you. And so even though we really made a point of encouraging people not to give us recipes with weird, weird kinds of um, ingredients, you know, when you're brand new – I mean nutritional yeast is weird. I it's it's just different. And so we really try to explain everything and, and ease that transition.
0: Yeah, you've done a great job with it. Um yeah, and I I do forget it myself sometimes like my my uh omnivore boyfriend who grew up on English food is like how do you know that and how do you know this? And I don't understand. Like, well, if you just after decades <laughs> you you uh you, it's just automatic but i definitely well, tend that's to forget it. that and it's that's, not the norm.
1: it's true and so what we're trying to do here is compress those decades and help people have the little tips and the tricks so that even if they've only been at this a month they can feel like they've been at it for decades yeah so i just pulled yeah, exactly. one up i just randomly opened the book and There's a coaching corner uh, that accompanies the recipe kale and portobello enchiladas. And because um, these enchiladas have kale in them, the coaching corner is about how you hide healthy ingredients like greens in other dishes. So, for example, you can put shredded greens in a tomato-based pasta sauce or finely diced broccoli in a tofu-based dip. You can puree spinach leaves into guacamole or finely grate carrots or zucchini into muffin or pancake batter. And then, of course, you can put some greens in the blender with your smoothie. And if you put blueberries in there, your smoothie won't even be green, so no one will know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that's that's an example of a coaching corner, just a little like, oh, okay, I could do that. That's easy. And the fact is, this is really easy stuff. You know, it's not rocket science a- at all. It's just not the way most people grew up eating and cooking.
0: Yeah, exactly. And with that, I'd love for you to share, because you have a great section at the beginning on some myths about veganism. If you could share <laughs> a couple of those.
1: Yeah, well, we have kind of uh, boiled those down to the myths seem to be um, expensive, complicated, and weird. <laughs> And the fact is, you know, like anything else, uh, the example I gave is, well, you know, it can be expensive to go to college if if you want to go to some private university, or you could start out at community college and then move on to a state university, and it's not expensive at all. And it's the same with being vegan. This can be the cheapest healthy way to eat that exists on the planet if you're looking at um, whole grains, beans that you soak and they swell up and you get actually more than you paid for uh vegetables in season uh buying fruit in in bulk uh in in a bag instead of individually uh ordering nuts and seeds online um and just basically uh keeping your wits about you with with the grocery budget this can be a very very reasonably priced way to eat on the other hand You can have lots of wonderful packaged products. I mean, vegan cheeses now are so good you could serve them to a French person. And they don't come cheap. Um, Raw artisanal nut butters. Oh, my gosh. Talk about exquisite, glorious, and decadent and pricey. They're made from little, you know, tiny little, Companies where people are are very careful to get everything organic and and do everything right, so you are going to pay more for those. But the fact is those are not the staples of anybody's diet, and you don't need them at all, so we get rid of expensive complicated it's entirely up to you. the kind of, yeah. of foods you want to eat, the kinds of recipes you want to make they can be complex or they can be super simple. I mean, I am on the simple side. Breakfast for me is usually a a smoothie. You know, you just throw stuff in a blender. couldn't be easier than that. Um, Lunch, I either do a great big salad with some beans and seeds in it, or if it's cold out, I'll do beans and greens. I've got the recipe in the book. It's called Death Defying Garbanzos and Greens, which is basically just a simple saute, onions, garlic, mushrooms beans and then throw in greens at the end along with some wonderful spices with great antioxidants turmeric ginger uh, coriander that kind of thing super super simple and then weird (laughs) weird is interesting because everything is odd or strange when it's new and yet i looked up the um of the word weird, and it comes from Middle (laughs) English, a word that meant to change one's destiny. And I thought that is so interesting because if my food is weird, well, that's okay because health-wise and in so many other ways, it really is changing my destiny and changing it for the better. So I'll take weird.
0: Yeah, I'll take weird over normal any day with most things. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, so what i love let's, let's go more into uh recipes there's so many unique and different styles in here because you have your your uh graduates contributing but i was i was happy to see you have something called socca in the book and that is local cuisine to where i live now in the south of france the cote d'azor oh, wow. and you can get yeah you can get a huge pile of socca and I'll let you explain what it is, but it's um, for just like three bucks and it's enough for two people, as, not as a meal, but like as a nice snack or appetizer. And, and, it's, and it's vegan. It's incredible. You would never think because it's kind of got a, almost sort of a creaminess to it. Um, but uh, that was really exciting to see a recipe for that because I usually just eat it out, but now I know how to make it myself.
1: Yeah, it's wonderful. Well, we have so many, like you said, 60 of our graduates have contributed recipes. And so we've got a, a kind of Indian breakfast from a, a graduate in Delhi. And we have several kinds of lasagna. I mean, to me, lasagna is tomato sauce, and rigota, or in, in vegan land, you know, tofu, rigota, and some spinach. Well, one of our lasagnas is like that, and the others are so different. One doesn't have any noodles at all. One is based on cabbage. It's kind of a Polish uh, lasagna. So it, it really is different and wonderful. And I think that's one of the general things that um, people don't think about when they're going to go vegan, and that is – that there's so much diversity to the kinds of foods that are available. And lots of people say, but what do you eat? You know, they only think, well, okay, you're not going to be eating meat, fish, eggs, dairy. What's left? And yet, instead of having it be less, it turns out to be more because there's yeah. just this amazing um world out there of um you say, well we eat fruits, vegetables, whole grains, beans, nuts and seeds. Well that doesn't sound like very much, but you put it together and you get the cuisines of the world. It's extremely exciting.
0: Yeah, and isn't there something I forget the exact number, but something around thirty thousand edible foods, if you really think of it that way. Like there's it's it's limitless.
1: It is unlimited. Limitless. It really <laughs> Yeah, we just have to open up, and and I know, you know, even as a vegan, I always tell people that as much as we know that um, the dark leafy greens are so healthy, when I went vegan in the early 80s, that was kind of the brown period, so we would have lentil soup, and lentil loaf, and lentil patties, (laughs) everything (laughs) was just brown you know it was pretty healthy you know we had brown rice we had granola so our cholesterol was going down and all that was good but it wasn't this wonderful colorful antioxidant rich kind of way of eating that most vegans are doing it now so I was I think gosh I was 45 when I discovered dark leafy greens other than spinach and broccoli. I went to an Ethiopian restaurant in Los Angeles for the first time, and they had an amazing dish called gomen, which is spiced, wonderful, sautéed greens. And that just woke me up to the fact that I used to just walk past the kale and the uh, collard greens and those kinds of things in the grocery store because I didn't know what to do with them. They intimidated me. But they're so easy, And once you, you know, get started, you can bring so much into your diet that wasn't there before.
0: Yeah, I feel like I have such a variety. Um, I was on a trip, this was, I don't know, six, seven years ago in uh, Mexico with a friend and we were at a resort type hotel and everyone around us was eating brown and white and beige food. And I I look at my plate, I had mango on there and, you know, a huge salad and, I just it just looks better to me, but you no, know, I'm obviously meant to be vegan. <laughs>
1: yes. Well, you know, sometimes if you're going to a banquet or some kind of formal dinner where everybody gets the same food and usually it's horrible. It's usually a really bad piece of chicken and I don't know, it's not, yeah. not the world's best food, even though often in a very beautiful atmosphere. But if you call ahead and let them know that you're vegan and they'll bring you a lovely vegetable plate. And the problem with vegetable plates is they don't fill you up, but gosh, they're pretty. And so all the people at the table would be like, well, I wish I had that. I should have gotten that are like well Mm -hmm. you could you know you could be vegan vegan for a night our food is really pretty you know years and years ago um i was living in the central missouri ozarks i had just gone there it was a very low point in my life and i thought i needed to move to the country and have the simple life bad idea but anyway i did it and the first night i went to the grocery store i got all my food and putting on the conveyor belt there and the woman actually stopped the belt. she was so amazed, and she said, "I've had this job for fifteen years, and I have never seen such pretty groceries and That has always stayed with me because the fact is we do have pretty groceries, and pretty groceries make pretty people and healthy people and happy people so um hooray for food that looks good
0: amen and we have to say goodbye already. So I wanted to thank you for all that you're doing to promote veganism and coming out with this delicious cookbook and helping more and more people go, go vegan and plant. Thank you oh, so much. Oh, Dr. Heather, I can
1: just say the same back to you. And, and I just love what you're doing in, in a field of, of healing that is not highly vegan, but you're in there, you know, shining the vegan light. So bless
0: you. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for coming on, and we'll definitely do this again with your next book or next project.
1: Oh, thanks so much. All the best.
0: Thank you. Take care, Victoria.
1: All righty. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: So thank you, Victoria, for coming on today. Uh, it was a great interview. I hope everyone listening got a lot out of it. And my guest in two days will be... Dan Matthews, he's the vice president of PETA, and he's behind a lot of the scandalous, controversial uh, campaigns that PETA's done, like I'd Rather Go Naked Than Wear Fur. He's influential in making that happen, so I'm really looking forward to that. I've been a supporter of PETA since going vegetarian in the 80s, so hopefully you will join in then and listen and be inspired, and if you listen to heard anything today that it makes you curious and wanting to eat healthier, go vegan, go plant based, or just get more plants into your diet. I do offer phone consultations, so definitely be in touch. You can go to my website at livenaturallivewell.com. There's a contact page there for you. And please follow me on Twitter at Doc Heather, on Instagram at the doc Heather. And I love doing this, so please tune in next week. And thank you so much for listening.